Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 45. So uh, as we continue to uh, reach out to our audience and, and, and look for people who have a great story to tell us or have been there, done that, uh, or out being successful in the community, we want to try to highlight as many people as we possibly can for you. Because I know for me personally, I get a lot out of these podcasts. And if I'm the only listener, then fantastic. But uh, I do know that we, we are starting to see a little bit of growth in our listeners. So thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends, with your family. Uh, we're going to keep trying to get you the best content possible uh, so that you can continue to learn and grow and, and pick up some of the clues that success leaves behind. What we want to do is we want to find uh, either business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, people who are finding success and and try to highlight them. And uh, one of the people that we have uh, today is somebody who is very active in the community, very active uh, in her business and, and uh, just in talking with her. Uh, starting out, she's she's gone through and done a lot uh, in her entrepreneurial journey. Uh, so I want to introduce to you today uh, Heather Turner. She's the owner of Abbey Road Academy, a music school teaching piano, voice, guitar, drums, bass, violin, brass, and music theater. She loves building community, finding the potential in people, and creating opportunities for them to shine. About a year ago, she a uh, year and a half ago, she also founded Women Who Impact, an organization who brings in empowering women to share their stories and inspire others to go after their dreams while making a positive impact in their community and beyond. So Heather, thank you for speaking to our audience. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to kind of hear uh, your story and, and some of the things that uh, that you have to share with our audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Evan. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, I want to uh, give you a, a, qu- a quick opportunity to kind of tell your story a little bit about how you got into Abbey Road. The The Academy has been around for, I believe, a couple years now. You have two locations. And so from an entrepreneurial side, that's a pretty big jump to, to first of all, deciding that you want to start something like this and then to experience the amount of growth that you have. Uh, so Tell us a little bit of the behind the scenes stories, where the idea for Abbey Road came from, uh, all the way to kind of where you are today. Absolutely. So um, I have my degree in vocal music education from the University of Tulsa. And um, so I got out of college and went in and started teaching vocal music and choral music and general music. My first job, I taught for three years at Mounds Public Schools. It was my first opportunity to teach and it was first grade through 12th grade. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. So that was vocal music for high school and middle school and then general music for elementary. And then I also actually, and I was not qualified to do that, but I helped with the band (laughs) and I wasn't really qualified (laughs) to do that, but they needed help. And I just helped with 
with marching band, uh, the sidelines when I could. So uh, that's how I got, I got started. And then um, I had my first child, Aiden. And when that happened, I realized, wow, I'm here at 6.30 in the morning and I'm leaving close to five. And I didn't want to bring my, my kiddo to childcare that early and to stay that late. And, and for that particular school district at that time, and that's that was what the requirement was if I was going to put everything into it. And I have a hard time not <laughs> mm -hmm. doing that. Pretty passionate about teaching and about music and and just about bringing my best. And so I knew it was time to move on. And I went to um, Emmanuel Christian Academy and that's a private school. So that's quite a drastic change. Um, and so we did that. And that was from first until eighth grade. So that was vocal and general music. and then. I had my second child and I actually uh, made less money than it cost for childcare <laughs> at that part-time <laughs> position. Yeah. And so, cause my kids are 18 months apart and then the Bixby um, school district had an opening and the music teacher, if you know anything about music teachers, there's only like one music teacher per, per site. And so, um, People keep their jobs for a long time. The lady that had the job before me was there for 35 years. And so when that job opened, I jumped on that opportunity and then taught at Bixby for three years. So I've taught public school, private school music for seven years before then deciding that, okay, super big advocate for parents involved in education with their students and the teacher and parent collaboration for the best educational opportunities for their student. And so I was passionate about my job, loved it, but I love my kiddos more than my work, of course, and realized, okay, I guess I'm not willing to sacrifice. And we'll talk about sacrifices here in a second, but mm -hmm. I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, that time with my kiddos. And I definitely want to be an involved parent in their education. And so for me, um, I, at the time I was dropping them off, at childcare at like seven in the morning and getting them around five. And so um, I was like, maybe I can take a couple of years off so I can be really involved in their early childhood education and then go back. And so when I first resigned and it was a hard, it was a hard decision for me to resign from teaching public school because I really did love it. And Bixby has a great support community. It's awesome. Parents are really involved. Um, but when I decided to do that, I was just like, I'm going to teach at home a few lessons and that'll help me bring in some income and I won't have to pay for childcare. So it'll be okay. You know, um, but I'm super driven. <laughs> and so <laughs> that I resigned in 2011 in May. And then I was teaching lessons out of my home and I had 19 students and I taught one day a week out of my home and one day a week I would travel to their homes and teach and so my kiddos would come in though I had young kids and they would interrupt a lot it wasn't the most professional environment so long story short I started um, looking for a little space and I was like if we can just get enough students just to pay the rent then that way if I go back to teaching in public school I don't have like a big break in my teaching and I get to continue impacting lives and that was the idea and then I was like it'll just be We'll bring on a guitar instructor, and if together we could get like 40 students, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that was our big goal. I was like, if we could ever do that. So we found yeah. a little 
space in downtown Jinx, and we opened November 2011. <laughs> so we didn't. I was a stay-at-home mom for very long. <laughs> um, and so it has just provided so many cool opportunities. I absolutely love what we get to do. Uh, so we've grown from, we grew from 19 students to, you know, 250 students within, I don't know, four, three and a half years. Wow. We just grew and grew and God just blessed it. I really have to give honor to him because it all depends upon who you bring into your business. Um, and I was able just to have really blessed connections and bring on awesome, talented people who are high in character as well as musicianship. And I really value character and integrity so much more than musicianship. Even though musicianship is our tool, it's what we it's what we teach. Um, the character and the integrity that is the is the foundation for who you're bringing in, no matter what your business is, is definitely my priority every time I bring someone on board. So each time I've brought someone on board and we've grown, um, that's what I always lead with. And then when we were bursting at the seams in Jinx a couple of years ago is when we expanded to our second location. So we've had our second location in Bixby for just now. It's just now two years old. And mm -hmm. so, and it's grown over a hundred students or whatever in the past year. And so the, both locations have continued to grow and there have definitely been challenges because there are challenges and stretching is not comfortable. Growth is mm -hmm. not always comfortable. It's exciting, but it's, uh, it definitely has its challenges. But I'm, I'm thankful every day um, for what we get to do. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, first of all, as a fellow Golden Hurricane, uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, I graduated from TU as well. But one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you kind of as you were going through that and, and, and talking about all this stuff was a lot of times when somebody launches a business or they, they, they go out and, and take the entrepreneurial journey, a lot of times they hesitate to do it because of fear. They're, they, they're, they're feel uh, the fear of failure or they don't think that they're qualified or, or whatever it is. They just, they, they hesitate and they, they stop. And I think your story is very interesting in the sense that I don't think fear played as much of a role for you where it was uh, one of those things where you were just either so passionate about music or just so passionate about your kids that that actually is what drove you Absolutely. to create Abbey Road as opposed to, I know I have this thing inside me that I need to do but I don't know if I can do it. it. It's almost like for you, it was a completely different circumstance. It really was. I am a super passionate person. Like I love people. I love finding potential in people and pulling it out and developing it. And, and especially potential that maybe others miss. It's kind mm -hmm. of my favorite thing. Um, and so I wanted that for my kids first. Like I wanted to be that like I, I am for my students. I wanted to be that for my my children and before I had kiddos, I guess I wouldn't have, have approached it maybe this way, but when I had my own and I was like, wow, they're everything. Like they're, they're, you know, my priority, my marriage is my top priority. Well, my relationship with God is my top priority, but after that, my marriage and my kiddos. And so in order to give them the very best opportunity and to inspire them to go after their own dreams and to try things and to take risks, um, I was willing to do that. And I kind of look back now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we, we have a lot of money saved up. I mean, we used my income 
it was a sacrifice really? to give up my income, even as, oh yeah, even as a teacher, we are middle-class folks. And at that time, just doing the best that we could to pay our bills. So it was definitely um, a faith step in that I was giving up, even though it was a teacher salary, it was something. So giving up the benefits that came along with it. And I was tenured at the time. Um, we had just built a, key, a keyboard lab that had like 28 keyboards in it, which is really cool for students. Wow. Yeah. And um, so it was definitely hard to give that up because there was some security there. But mm -hmm. at the same time, fear didn't play a huge role. And I try not to let fear take the driver's seat in my life. Um, I spent enough time doing that as a, as a teen and as a child. And I realized that I think around 22, I, I was driving and we used to live in the church parsonage at the church that we used to attend. And we did everything from cleaning toilets to mowing the lawn to leading the choir, you know, kind of everything. And I remember thinking for such a long time when I was a young girl that someone's going to see this potential in me. They're going to see this light and they're going to be like, let me let me pull that out of you. Let me help give you some opportunity. But really, I never had someone pull me aside and really do that for me until I had a, vo a vocal teacher. And her name is Karen Smith Pearson. And she knew I wanted to go to school, which I wanted to go to TU. TU is kind of mm -hmm. pricey, as you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> yes. um, she was like, we're going to do this. And she really said like one sentence. It was like, you're a smart cookie and you'll pretty much do what you set your mind to. That's That was like the sentence. It was like, that was it. She didn't even say yeah. it to be super inspiring. It was like at the end of a lesson one day, but it's what I needed to hear. And um, so I, she was one who really inspired me. But then after college and near the end of college, I realized like, oh, I don't know that anybody else is just waiting to find me, to, to be my knight in shining armor and bring me into the fruition of my dreams, I think I'm going to have to maybe step out and create my own doors of opportunity. And that was a little light bulb. I remember pulling into the church parking lot and kind of realizing like, if I want something, I think I'm going to have to go after it myself. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it drop it in my lap. Crap. You know? <laughs> and so uh, upon realizing that, I think it, I have a little bit of this tenacity inside anyway. But that definitely is a, is a driver for me. I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait around for someone else to, to come in and drop a music school in my lap <laughs> or whatever that is for me or, or start an organization or do something that I know in my heart I'm supposed to go after. Yeah, if you can have some tenacity and pull it out, you know, have some drive to take the risk. If you've got the skill set behind, I would say that you've got to have the yeah, skill set yeah. to deliver otherwise. You're just putting all your savings into something to lose it. So <laughs> we did. We pulled out like almost all of our savings, which wasn't that much. Uh, just to start the business, we didn't take out any debt to start the business and signed on the dotted line. Thankfully, I've got a really good husband and he's super supportive. And so when I was like, I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, he was like, okay. <laughs> so it took a little while for him to get to okay. Because during the school year before I resigned, we were both talking about it. And he was like, I don't know, that's benefits, you know, some of those yeah, yeah. things. Um, but you can't take on the fears of others, even those of, that have the best intentions for you. Uh, you can't take on their fears.
because they will have them. My parents were worried, like, are you sure this is what you should give up? You have tenure. You've got a good job. Before John got on board and, you know, and I prayed, I was like, God, I don't want to do it if it's just me. I want to do it if it's us making the decision together. And we did make the decision because my husband's a drummer. He could have done the business with me. But we decided early on, I had a mentor that I that I spoke with and he said, build your life and then build your business into your life. Don't build your business and then build your life into your business because your business will take over if you let it and you'll lose the relationships that you value the most. And so always decide and determine together if you have a spouse or a partner what that life is that you want or even as a as a single person determine the life that you want and then build your business into that and so because he told me that and, and we talked about it we decided early on that john although he could teach drums and do a lot musically He's a little more tech savvy than I am. There are some things that he can definitely bring to the table. We decided that the purpose of, of Abbey Road was, um, of course, music instruction and to find and inspire people in learning. And that was what my gifting was in. And secondly, it was to give opportunity for me to be there and to have flexibility to be there for my own kiddos. And so if we were both working, uh, music lessons for the most part are after school hours, right? And mm -hmm. so if we were both doing that in the evening, that would kind of negate the point of being there for our kiddos because we'd both be gone from our kiddos. So at the beginning, I was teaching, you know, two and then three nights a week to build the business. And so I'd be at the kiddos during the day and then we would rotate during the evenings. It was kind of a crazy balancing act, but it helped me be really involved with my kids' education early on. And now today, uh, I don't teach in the evenings. I'm able to be really involved in their activities in the evenings while they're in school during the day. So it has evolved into that. But um, but I would say for anyone that's trying to decide, they're like, yeah, let me jump in. Before you jump in, if you've got a if you've got a spouse, make sure they're ready to jump with you. <laughs> uh, that way, you're not you're not causing some division there. But yeah, that's that's helped. John John having a day job at the beginning, even though we were definitely on a budget. It helped have some stability there, and then it kind of gave us um, just some boundaries to set so that we didn't become completely governed by the work that we do, but we get to govern the work that we do. And that's not always easy, owning your own business. It's very easy to have your phone on all the time, to take those calls because you're trying to build a business, and it's hard it's hard to put those boundaries there, but I would say um, I attribute the, the amount of success that we've had so far, and I hope that we're just getting started, but I, I attribute that to setting some early boundaries and making some decisions together. So then when you have that, um, you can trust, and, and it does relieve some of those fears when you know, first of all, you're in it together, you've got the support of of your spouse and if you don't have the, the support of your spouse um then you need to you need to reevaluate or or pray about getting the support of your spouse or something <laughs> because it's an important thing to have um if you are married and if you're single then you have a lot less um to fear in that because you don't have a, a family that it's going to hurt and impact in that way if it doesn't work out so 
So yeah, so that's kind of how we approached that. I was super excited. Of course, when I very first started looking at spaces, I was like, I want this huge space. And my dad and and my husband were with me and they were like, no. <laughs> They're like, no, you get to start in this little space. So we started, it only had, it had three rooms. And as we grew, we built on rooms uh, because it was a long shotgun floor plan. And so, um, yeah, we kind of, as we needed to, we built on and grew that way. And so that's probably another reason why <laughs> we didn't overspend at the beginning. So I would say mm -hmm. that too, if you're just starting out, um, watch your overhead because it can get you into a lot of trouble. And sometimes just like we have bigger eyes than our stomach. It's the same thing with starting a business. It's super exciting to buy new equipment and to make everything look gorgeous. And you want to look like you're super professional and established. But at the beginning, if you have any way to start your business without going into debt, I would say do it. Uh, do it on a shoestring budget and then let it grow. And you can always... Uh, build up, build on, or build up from there. Wow, wow. there was a, there was a, a lot of really, lot good, of really content good content in there, and in there. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing, you sharing all, that. all that. I'm kind yeah. of a talker. I'll just go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I want to circle back around to is kind of in the beginning of that. You talked about you have to go out and and get your dream. You have to go out and get the thing that you want to have. And I think, especially for my audience. I found out a long time ago, or actually it was a, before I started the podcast, that I'm technically a millennial. Since then now, they've released a, an ex-lineal, which is that kind of merge between a millennial and a Gen X. But when I first found out that the cutoff for a millennial was like 1980, I was like, okay, I'm, I don't think that I'm a millennial and I don't like the, the things that they're saying about millennials. And I do believe that I'm different. So if I'm going to be in that classification in yeah. in, by name, I want to I want to be different than that. I, I want to redefine what a millennial is. And so that was one of the reasons that I started the podcast, one of the reasons that I've gotten so involved in trying to give back to the community and give back to helping others better themselves. And when you said you have to go out and get it, that that was like just I mean, it it struck me right between the eyes because I don't think that a lot of this generation uh believes that. They believe that they have to um, you know, show up and do whatever, and it's just going to be given to them. And I, and I don't know where that came from per se, other than just kind of how they're raised. And, and it was, it was more of a, a softer lifestyle of, you know, we didn't have any major events or anything like that where you really had to struggle. Uh, so a lot of things were provided for you, but now they're getting into the real world and realizing that they have to go and they have to work for it. And so I, I think, when we talk about success leaving clues, I think that's one of those clues right there that you're not going to have really, in, in most cases, something handed to you. You're not going to have a, a music school handed to you. I want to make sure that the audience really hears, uh, and we spend a little bit of time on that because, you know, a lot of times I think they're just thinking, well, I, I've worked here for a year. Why do I not have a promotion? Or I've worked here for a year and I haven't gotten a raise yet or, or whatever it is. And I think it's just because they think, that if they just show up and, and they they put in the time and, and it's a privilege to us as business owners to have them there that they chose to spend time with us, uh, right. that we should reward them for that. And, and, and for you, it was, I, I think that light bulb moment was, was fantastic because you, you said, you know what, I'm, it's not just going to get given to me. I have to go out there and get it. And I have to spend the time uh, pursuing my dream. And, and I want to ask you, 
um, because I know you're big on dreams. Um, did you see, you know, when it, when it, I guess it was 2011 or even before then, did you see a music school in your dream? Was that something that you, you dreamed about and that you wanted and you were just trying to figure out how to get there? Yeah, I think I would, I would drive down main street and I would be like, there's not a music school here. And I know I could bring something really cool to the table, but I don't know if I'm enough by myself. And even now, I don't play every instrument that we teach. I play piano and my degree is vocal performance and music education. So I would consider myself a great teacher because I love people. <laughs> so if you love mm -hmm. people, you care about building their potential. Yeah. So I love teaching teachers, but I don't know all of their instruments. And so if I would think about the whole, well, how am I going to bring on a violin instructor when I don't teach violin? And how am I going to, how am I going to mentor and lead a, guitar instructor when I'm not, you know, any good at guitar. If I got into the details, that could get me down. But instead, I chose to focus on what I am qualified to do and then bring in people who are better than me at what they do and then lead them because I'm, because I have a passion for people and potential. I can lead them in those areas, which helps them succeed. But to go back to the dream and realizing that you have to, you have to create your own doors of opportunity. I would say a few years ago, I listened to a podcast uh, by Stephen Furtick. It might've been like three or four years ago. And it was called the expectation gap. And I don't know if you've heard that one, but I think it's, it's been a while, but I think I have. Yeah. It speaks a lot to this expectation of uh, the quote unquote millennial because <laughs> I'm in that category too, but you know, and it's, it says that, well, I expect you to do this for me. And they're talking more in that podcast about relationships when 22 year olds or 18 year olds or 28 year olds come in and they feel that they are entitled to something. There's an expectation gap there. They're right. expecting that their leader or the boss or even the person financing their dream or whatever it is, they're investors, they're mentors. They're wanting that knight in shining armor like I did before I had that light bulb moment. They're wanting right. someone to come in and be like, I see that in you and poof, here's your opportunity. But since that's not really how life works and their expectation uh, is way up here and then there's the gap between that expectation and reality. And that yeah. reality is that most people are focused on their own dream and accomplishing their goals just like you are, <laughs> you know, just like the person that's wanting the, the magic poof to happen. Their goal and their dream and their hope isn't necessarily focused on said millennial or said person accomplishing mm -hmm. their dream and their hope. And so we have to realize like, oh, just like I'm not living my life, you know, in particular to reach somebody else's goal, neither are they living their life to help me always accomplish mine. And that's then where we, we bring in the dream trade and, and dream collisions and where some really awesome things can happen. But you've got to bring your stuff to the table to make that happen. You have to, mm -hmm. you have to bring your doors of opportunity and your skill set and your hard work and um, your passion and you've got to put some skin in the game, so to speak. <laughs> you got to have Absolutely. some skin in the game. And that's how you accomplish something of value to, to people beyond yourself. And I think 
I think when you're, when you start looking beyond yourself and how asking yourself the question, if my dream comes true, who does that impact beyond me? Cause if it's only impacting me, but I'm wanting everybody else to get on board to make, help me make it happen. That's not a realistic, a realistic expectation, right? That's mm-hmm. self-serving <laughs> and not others conscious at all. So instead, if you approach your dream as why do I have this dream? What happens if it comes true? Who does that impact outside of myself in a positive way or in a negative way? And so kind of checking the motives on your dream. And then the big question, what trade am I willing to make to, to have that dream come to fruition? So mm-hmm. if I want to be, and, and this is a this is a personal story. When I went to school, when I, I got a vocal scholarship at TU, that's what paid for my school. And um, so when I started out, I wanted to be a solo singer. And, and I had an instructor, a vocal coach there that was like, you can do this. If you want to go to Broadway, we can work toward this. And I, so after my freshman year, I auditioned and I did three shows for Light Opera Oklahoma. Anyway, I did those three shows and I realized, wow, everybody that like the leads in the shows were from New York and they were married to each other and no one else was married in the cast. And they were in their forties or so. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for my particular life goals and my particular priorities and focus in life, I was like, wow, this is a little bit different than what my dream was. You know, my dream was like you're on the stage and it's so much fun. And it was fun on the stage. (laughs) And it was fun uh, getting to know everyone and and to be in the lineup at the end and have everyone applaud. That was great. Um, the, The rehearsal schedule was from 10 to 10, six days a week. The pay was minimal. And I realized, wow. Then even after this big fun run, the the leads, the people that were incredible, they were more experienced than I was. was. They were, you know, 10, 15 years down the road further than I was. And I realized they're willing to sacrifice a lot to have this come to fruition because they really are living the dream that they want. This is what they want. And because it's what their real purpose was, they were willing to make the sacrifices to have that. So they, they sacrificed having children because they didn't know where their next gig would be because you audition in whatever state has the show that you're wanting. And then you go there and then you're there for however many weeks it takes to rehearse and put on the the shows. And you may, you may do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night shows, Saturday matinee, Saturday night show, Sunday matinee. And so that's what your schedule's like. And I realized right then and there, and it was heartbreaking because I was like, that's now my dream has to change. My dream has to evolve <laughs> because I'm realizing I wasn't willing to make the sacrifices it took for that particular dream to come true. So whatever dream you think you have, it'd be really good if you can get in proximity of people that are living that out or at least living a close version of that. So if you're like, I want to be a rock star or I want to go on the road and travel and be a, you know, a traveling guitar player, well, give me a call because I can help you get in contact with some people who do that for a living. And you can get a better idea of what that really looks like because they sacrifice time from family and they sacrifice maybe living in a nice home for years upon end until they get discovered. And they sacrifice benefits and health insurance and and, uh, you know, the regular expectation that we have in a nine to five job with a lunch break and, you know, a payday every Friday or whatever. And so yeah. 
you have to decide like if it's meant for you, <clears throat> then you'll know like I'm willing to make those sacrifices with with me. With the with now what I feel like I'm living in in definitely an evolution of my dream. I went back to school the next year, went back to TU and I added education and I cried about it because I was like, this feels like a failure. Like now I'm going to teach instead of be on the stage all the time. And I've been able though to couple the two and be on the stage and do some performance, but also be able to inspire and help others get to whatever, if it's a worship leading position, if it's a pastoral position, if it's being in a rock band or trying out for the voice or going on American Idol, like we've been able to help people do those things and reach their dreams, but I'm still able to have what I, I feel like is my dream now because it had to evolve because mm -hmm. of the sacrifices I was willing to make for this. So I was willing to put in the school, I was willing to, to put in the time building relationships and put in the time teaching in a public school system and learning how to foster uh, good parent-teacher relationships and uh, scope and sequence for instruction and um, learning how to, to build data so that you know if students are progressing or not and things like that. And so then when I went into my business, it's a lot of sacrifice even now. <laughs> it's work. Yeah, yeah. It's late nights. I, I went into work at like 9.30 Sunday night um, after my, I had family time so that I could do payroll and everything so that on Monday I could have some, some quality time with my boys during the day. So you kind of make those, you make those sacrifices, you kind of give up some things so that you can accomplish and grow your dream. And that's how, that's how it comes to fruition. It definitely doesn't get thrown in your lap. And even if maybe you get a quick opportunity because of talent, if the, if the skill and the de determination and the sacrifice isn't there uh, to sustain it, then it, it won't have longevity because it takes a constant. It's not even like a one-time sacrifice. <laughs> it's not like, okay, one time long ago, I gave up some money and time to have this great business. No, it's like one time like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> continuous. <laughs> um, but it's worth it because it's yours. And then as your dream grows, um, and you bring in others and you help inspire and push them toward their uh, dream and help them on their journey, your influence and the impact that you can have multiplies as you do that with more and more people. And that's one of the greatest benefits I've had that I did not anticipate. I didn't see that coming in having um, Abbey Road Academy and building my own business. I didn't realize the relationships that would form because of it and the opportunities that I would have to just invest and hopefully have a positive impact in our community. So with Jinx and Bixby, um, I try to try to do as much as I can to be involved with our chambers and with the city and with the events that we have because it gives our students more opportunity and in giving them more opportunity, it grows their confidence. And it also lets them see if you have to prepare for stage time, you do so much more preparation. You spend so many hours preparing maybe for a four minute performance. So if mm -hmm. you can parallel that to your dream being the stage time and all of the practice time being the sacrifice and what it takes to actually see that come to pass. <laughs> uh, that's how I would say like, you're gonna spend so much more time 
in the prep stage than you are going to spend on stage. So your your off time, your off the stage time is so much more important than what you're doing on stage. And same thing in your business or in your relationships or anything else. The foundation is always what matters more than the cherry on top. Well, I love how well, you talked about, talk about how dreams how evolve, dreams evolve. And how they, and how they essentially grow. They and really do. As they grow and as they evolve, I think it's it's important to realize that that's okay. That's that's part of the process. I don't think that going into it, you really know the full extent of your dream. Not everybody has a detailed version of exactly what their dream is and exactly what it looks like. Right. And I think that that's one of the things you don't necessarily hear about is that you may have had a dream to be a rock star or to be on the voice or, or to own your own business, but you don't necessarily know all of the sacrifices that it takes to get to that dream. Mm -hmm. And as, as you're able to see what those sacrifices are and what you were able to see, um, when you, when you did those, uh, uh, musicals, when you, when you did those, you actually saw what it took to be in that dream. And you realize that that wasn't really your dream. You thought it was. Right. But as you were able to see what that led to, you adjusted your dream and, and were able to ultimately find something that I think you would agree is much better Absolutely. than what that original dream was. And I think that you looked at it originally as failure. Um, I don't. I don't think that it was failure. I think that it was, you know, they say that there's no such thing as failure. It's it, failure is just feedback. Um, yeah. That was, that was some positive feedback that you needed, you needed to hear and you needed to, to see for yourself because otherwise you probably would have been striving and striving and striving for this thing and gotten to the top and realized that it was something completely different than what you wanted. And you had already given all that sacrifice up and and turned around and said you know what this wasn't my dream and now what do i do and then you really feel like a failure right. <laughs> because you have to completely uh readjust everything that you've tried to achieve absolutely yeah i mean and i think that happens so much when we're young and when, when we see something even if you're like i want to be a doctor well look at what sacrifices you have to make if you want to be a doctor or if mm -hmm. you want to be re renowned in any field you're going to have to give up a lot, which is okay. And when it's the right fit, like when it's what you're really supposed to do, you're willing to make the sacrifices for that to happen. And that's how you can gauge and determine whether or not the dream that you have spoken over yourself and that you have, you know, proclaimed to be yours is really yours. <laughs> it's only really yours if you're willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And then, like you said, what we think it is versus what it really is are, are sometimes two completely different things. <laughs> yeah. So when you're 20, you know, I was 20 at the time, 19, what I thought it was, was everything I saw. You know, I saw the stage and I saw the performance. I didn't see the prep. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the sacrifice. I didn't see the moving from state to state, going where the next gig was, the rejection and all of that and and also the lack sometimes and this isn't for everyone this is not um saying anything negative about that industry because i love that industry but i mm -hmm. just realized for myself man i sure love community and i want to i want to build a life with someone and i want to establish roots and i want to stay somewhere and that's kind of what drives me and so 
if I, if I wasn't going to have that because I was moving all of the time, I wasn't able to build some of those deep relationships. Then that for me was a, that was like, a, okay, I got to call it, I got to call it what it is and find something that does establish that for me. And, and so whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, write that down and then see, and this is kind of what, how I would approach it. If you're just like starting out, maybe you're just out of college, maybe you're not just out of college, but you've worked a job and now you've, you've decided to go after something that you're passionate about. Write down, of course, what that is. And then why, like, what are your motives behind that? The why behind the what? why it matters, and then who it will impact beyond yourself. And then secondly, who do you need to reach out to that could give you a very realistic perspective of what that dream looks like played out? Because if your dream is to own your own business, then you might want to talk to someone who owns their own business and see what that really costs, not just financially, but physically, and how they manage their time and how they balance family life and their own time for themselves, for their own development. And then of course, how they build their business. If you want to start a podcast, you know, talk to Evan. <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, because it takes time and it takes building relationships and connections. It's not just like you start the podcast and people just flock to you. You know, there's, there's definitely always, uh, the flip side of the coin. And it's just a really good thing to do. So if you can find someone who's in proximity, maybe there's no one doing your exact dream. Maybe it's, it's something that hasn't been done before that you, and, or it's someone that you don't feel is attainable. Find a podcast or read a book to, to get a better perspective of what that really looks like. Because I'll tell you just from being on the stage a lot and from what, what we get to do performance wise, the stage time is the smallest amount of time ever mm -hmm. compared to everything else that you put into it. Um, and so that's what I would say just about like finding what your dream is and then checking your motives. And then after you get to uh, through all, all those four steps of, of kind of the, the why behind the what, the who it will impact and then who you need to reach out to, then you can get onto the steps about dream doers and, and getting the right people on the bus and making sure you have encouragers and inspirers and getting rid of the dream, uh, the dream killers and shakers in your life. And That's awesome. Well, you're, you're talking a lot about mentorship and, and, and you mentioned it earlier about how it was important that you had strong mentors uh, in your, in your life and how they were able to kind of see some of the things that you didn't see and kind of help guide you in your path and, and helping you shape your dream, which I think is awesome. Uh, you also talk about your dream was to, to live in your community, uh, to create community, to drop those roots down. And you've done that a little bit with the, the women who impact things. So uh, as we kind of wrap up, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that because we do have some uh, listeners that are female, which you know, we're, we're the young businessmen of Tulsa. And it sounds a lot to me, just in what I'm, I'm hearing, that yeah. Women Who Impact is a very good organization uh, sp specifically for women or or targeted at women that can kind of help connect you with those mentors, invest in your life, help help people who are trying to do some of the things that you were trying to do, you know, five, 10 years ago, actually, well, 2011. So that's what, six years ago. But you were able to kind of create uh, a group that will actually help people who were where you were uh, and, and help them get to that next level. Absolutely. So 
it's almost two years old now. It's like a year and a half, year and seven months old or something. And so I just had it on my heart because I do mentor several people and I have some really great mentors. Um, one of my mentors is Mark Roberts. He's my business mentor and he has such extensive experience in building businesses, building relationships, making decisive moves when you need to at the right time. And so he's helped me almost for the entire time we've had the business. And then I have um, a mentor named Leslie Lancaster. And she's like a mama mentor because she's got boys and I've got boys. So anyway, I just think it's a great thing to have people in your life who mentor you and so that maybe they're a little bit further down the road than you are and they can speak into your life. So we established Women Who Impact um, and we just do it every other month. If you're a woman and you're interested or if you're a guy and you're interested, but if you're a woman and you're interested, you can find us on Facebook. You just have to request to be a member and then I will approve you. And we have bi-monthly, so every other month we have an event where we bring an empower speaker and then we do something to impact the community or beyond. So we've done things with Sister India, she, um, their owners and CFOs and CEO came in and spoke about how they have launched like 1,700 schools in India for women. We all wrote letters um, to some women who have been rescued over there and we sent them things and we were able to learn about how to start an FFA philanthropy focused organization and then we learned from the owner of loops and she talked about how to start her business and how she went from a physical establishment which she still has here in Tulsa to also an online um, establishment which is now worldwide it's really cool so it's just mm -hmm. something that if I was even right now I learn from every time I'm there and I hope to learn from it all of the days of my life <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I was 22 I would have killed for a group like this like it's incredible to be able to go for free we never charge anything and first of all just to learn from people who are successful in their industry whether that's in ministry or in philanthropy or in education or in business or in parenthood they're there to help and inspire and empower women to move on to the next level to take steps that they need to take and to have some mentorship relationships evolve um, from just the meetings themselves. Cause you meet other women that are doing really cool things. And I like to surround myself with people who are positive, who are doing things that matter, who are focused on um, building great community and, and doing something of impact. So not only do we have an empower speaker each time, but we also then do something to impact the community. So whether that's giving to nightlights of Tulsa or Tulsa boys home, whatever it is each time we do something that gives back and something that empowers us so if you're interested in that you can go just to facebook and look up women who impact and click to join and then we'll approve you and then you'll find out about the next upcoming events so yeah if you're in the tulsa area definitely make sure you check out women who impact and check out abbey road academy um, if you're musically inclined or you're wanting to kind of further your education or become a rock star i've been on the site and apparently that is absolutely possible so we want to make sure that you can do that too 
But uh, Heather, thank you for taking the time uh, to share your story, to share your heart. As the listeners can hear, you are very passionate about what you do. You're very passionate about helping other people and uh, taking your time out of your day to to share this with our audience uh, just says so much about that. So um, with that, I'll, I'll give you the last word. What do you want to say to our audience uh, to encourage them or, or you know, some sort of thing that, that has really helped you in the last year? I would say as you pursue your dreams, there are three things that I feel are the most important, and that's to be passionate about whatever it is that you're pursuing. Don't pursue it because somebody else made money at it or somebody else got some fame from it, but look deep within yourself and find the thing that you can't get away from, the thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night, the thing that you'll do for free, the thing that... When someone else brings it up, you can't stop talking about. So my phone is ringing. Do you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing that you're passionate about and that you can't get away from. So I would say passion first. And then I would say patience is super important because it doesn't just drop in your lap like we talked about. But if you are persistent and you pursue, I'm using all these P words. Hey man, <laughs> I, think, I, think there's a, I think there's a lecture here. <laughs> That's right. If you are patient and you pursue um, persistently, we'll just stay on the piece, uh, yeah. what, you're, what you're passionate about, then you'll see it come to pass. And it may not come to pass in the way that you first started thinking that it would come to pass. It's going to look different. But what's cool about it, and, and Evan said this a little bit earlier, is it actually ends up so much better than you first started out thinking it could be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and, as your dream and goals evolve, so does your vision for what's possible. There's another P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does. It really evolves. And then you're like, wow, I never thought that this would be possible before. I never thought I would get this involved with, you know, helping my city develop or revitalize or whatever it is for you or your church or your ministry grow to the next level and what that would look like because that, Next level sounds so generic, but when you're passionate and you pursue something with persistence and you have perseverance when there are challenges and things that come your way, you will be just overjoyed by what God blesses you with because of your persistence and because of your faithfulness. Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you. And listeners will catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.